Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What if I could impart to you a skill that would increase your sparring game, that would raise the level of your sparring game, that would make you a better sparer and help you to come closer to ensuring victory? What if I told you that skill wasn't in the realm of kicking? It wasn't in the realm of punching. It didn't involve your agility or your athletic ability, but involved your intuition. That skill, of course, what we're talking about today is the power of nunchi. My name is Mark Sirianis. I'm your host. I'm a third Don Black Belt, and I'm the editor-in-chief of Taekwondo Life magazine. Today's program, we're going to be using Yuni Hung's best-selling book, The Power of Nunchi, The Korean Secret to Success and Happiness, to discuss this somewhat misunderstood, somewhat mystical power that, while in the possession of all of us, is probably lays fallow in most of us, and that is ingrained in the fabric of the Korean people and Korean culture. I am going to do my best as someone who has never really formally understood the term nunchi or the concept of nunchi, but has now been awakened to it, to do my best to expose you to it and to make you a little bit aware of how it can help you in your life in your business, and even in your sparring. So I encourage you to read more about Nunchi and to certainly pick up Yuni Hung's book, The Power of Nunchi. Nunchi is referred to as the Korean superpower. And while I absolutely love that description, it is distinct from a superpower in that a superpower is obviously something that you are born with. My understanding of Nunchi is that we are all endowed with the capacity for Nunchi. And it is a matter of honing your skills, but unlike the ability to leap a tall building in a single bound or run faster than a locomotive, we are not all born with those skills and we couldn't perfect those skills if we tried. Nunchi is something that we can. Probably more accurately, Yuni Hung in her book on page 183 refers to Nunchi as the mental martial arts. Um, I think that's very accurate in that Nunchi is, like martial arts, something that we have great access to. And that given the opportunity to work at, we can hone our skills for nunchi and we would have the ability to improve our nunchi over time, become intuitive, and be able to be nunchi masters. From my sake, from my perspective, I've come to understand that nunchi is not in and of itself a Korean concept. Nunchi is not something that is limited to Korean people or the Korean culture. The distinction is that 
the Korean cultures have ingrained it into their society. It is a societal function. It is something that is expected of Korean people that they will have sharp nunchi. Nunchi is something that has been talked about and that exists throughout society. Um, Hung, Yuni Hung makes the observation that somebody who has keen nunchi is Sherlock Holmes. And we'll talk about what it means, but he's an example, somebody who can walk into the room and make certain assessments with very little bit of obvious information. Sigmund Freud, uh, Aristotle, great people over the course of time and culture have been in touch with what it means to have good nunchi. What's the distinction? The distinction is that the Koreans and the Korean people talk about it and that the Korean culture has ingrained it as being a necessity to success, decorum, and behavior in the Korean culture. So Unihong starts out with, I think, a great quiz that one question quiz to start out that I think will help people to understand a little bit better than I can express what is nunchi. Let me read from her book, chapter one. You walk into a room and everyone is laughing a bit too hard at a not particularly funny joke of an older woman you've never seen before. Do you, A, step in with a really funny joke, definitely much better than hers, your new colleagues will really love this, B, Laugh along with the others, even though it's not very amusing. C. Find a tactful moment to introduce yourself to the older woman who you've correctly assumed must be the head of the company. Here's the answer. If you chose A, you seriously need to work on your nunchi. If you chose B, good work, you've read the room correctly and picked up on the right cues from your new colleagues. But if you chose C... Congratulations, you're already on your way to mastering nunchi. The Koreans, according to Huni Hung, will tell you that half of your public life is about nunchi. So we could break down that example and we'll talk about other examples. But the key there is that someone walked into a situation that they were not fully aware of. Something was going on with people that she didn't fully know. And the question there would be, how do you infuse yourself into that situation? And how do you behave appropriately? And that essentially is the parameter of what we're talking about in terms of the power of Nunchi. As I said earlier, for those of us that are uninitiated, that didn't grow up in the in the East, Yuni Hung uses Sherlock Holmes as the perfect example of understanding a little bit about what Nunchi is. And I think for those of you that may have read the Sherlock Holmes novels, the one thing that we always come to understand when we read them is that Holmes walks into a room and he can pick up things, pick up signals, pick up markers, pick up clues, so to speak, that others cannot, even though those clues are blatantly patent and obvious in the room. Why? Because he's able to see things on a level that others cannot. He has a deeper understanding of the human condition and the way that humans behave, and to some degree is honed in the skill of nunchi. One of the things that Yuni Hung talks about in terms of understanding about the place of nunchi in the Korean culture, and one of the reasons why it is so significant in Korean culture is that it is to some degree 
a survival mechanism. Korea is a peninsula. It was attacked, certainly on numerous occasions. It was colonized by the Japanese. Uh, It's been attacked. It was the subject of the Korean War. And yet the Koreans managed to maintain their culture, their language, their cuisine, their martial art. Well, why is that? Why why is it that they were able to do that? Because they're the best fighters, because they're the strongest, because they're the smartest. Well, probably maybe some of those things are true, but the reality of it is because they have the ability to read people and they had the ability to know how to react. They had the ability to know how to adapt to their captors, to their attackers, to their aggressors. That is part and parcel of the power of Nunchi. Now, as I came to read about Nunchi and I came to understand Nunchi, I was misguided in that if you were to ask me prior to this foray into studying for this episode, I would have probably said that Nunchi and empathy were synonymous terms. Everyone understands empathy. Empathy is the ability to not simply under understand someone's position, but put yourself in someone else's shoes and feel what they feel. And I thought, at its highest level, empathy is nunchi. Yuni Hung goes on to absolutely correct me in that empathy, according to her, is dangerous in that it gets you emotionally connected to the person that you're understanding. And that can be dangerous in the sense that it makes you now to some degree clouded in your ability to understand and to react because now there's an emotional component. To some degree, nunji is completely unemotional. It's completely detached. It involves high emotional intelligence. It involves focus. It involves quiet. It is best understood and executed in face-to-face contact rather than perhaps on the phone or Zoom meetings as we all are there. And to some degree, it is related to, in my opinion, for those that have studied the chakra, the third eye chakra, or the intuition of human beings. The Korean culture has an emphasis on doing harm to no people, towards being quiet and attentive, toward understanding your place. And when I say that, I don't mean that in a pejorative way. What I mean in terms of understanding your place is understanding what your temperament should be for a given situation. The only way that one can understand how to react in a situation is to be able to read that situation, which is why quiet contemplation and observation are key elements of the art of Nunchi. As I studied this book, again, one of the misconceptions that I had were, because I felt that Nunchi was tied into empathy, was to some degree that Nunchi was the quality of a good person or the quality of a smart person. And one of the things that's interesting is that Hung goes on to say that Nunchi to some degree is neutral. You can be smart and have no Nunchi. You can be of low intellect and have very good Nunchi. You could be someone who is not that book smart, but knows how to read people and do very, very well. Similarly, you can be someone who is a bad person but yet have great nunchi and know how to read people, 
and you could be someone who's very kind and loving and dear and decent and have very, very poor nunchi and be very, very dull as it relates to understanding the proper way to read people. Now, one of the things that's interesting because there's overlap here between nunchi and other things in life, Yuni Hung makes the great case that people being tethered to their cellular devices is a nunchi killer. It's a nunchi killer for a number of reasons. Number one is that certainly through our devices, there's no tonality. Um, there's no eye contact. There's no ability to read those things. But the, the other is, is it disengages us from the society. It removes us from personal and human direct contact, which is so vital to success in the area of Nunchi. In chapter three, Nunchi Hung says, everyone is born with the potential for Nunchi. But in order to draw it out, you have to challenge some of the received wisdom that has been thrown at you since birth. I call these cultural traits nunchi blockers. She talks a lot about some of the things that we've talked about. One of them, though, that's really interesting, which I think is worth reviewing, is the emphasis on individualism. In particularly in Western society, we we tend to focus on individuals. We tend to focus on the fact that we have the ability for individual greatness, and that's fine. That's good. That's important. However, that needs to be balanced with the world. We need to understand when we come into the room the perspective of what is happening in the room and what is the proper way to behave as it relates to those people. If for no other reason, if not for good motives, then to be able to get what we want out of the situation. In other words, she's talking about Nunchi as a tool. Hung makes a great case for those who have a tendency to say things that make our eyes roll back in our head, and we've sometimes all done that, that those moments are the moments that we are least in touch with our nunchi. She makes the case that when you have difficulty communicating with someone and you say to them, I'm not a mind reader, it's not my fault, that the chances are it probably is your fault. That probably had you been in more touch with your nunchi, had you been in more touch with the other individuals, you would have been able to read the room and read the person. Hung goes on to talk about the eight deadly nunchi archetypes to be able to sort of teach us what nunchi is by teaching us about the people who don't have it. She makes a great case for the fact that when you watch sort of the initial episodes of X Factor or America's Got Talent or the outtakes, you see all of these people who are sort of uh, talentless to some degree, who are there singing their heart out, off key, can't hold a tune even if it had handles on it, and they don't seem, it's not done as an act, they don't seem to have any clue that they're completely out of stop, step or out of touch with what's going on. Her argument is those people have no nunchi. So archetype number one is the person who cannot read the room, the person who's completely oblivious to what's happening. Now, in Korean culture, unlike American culture, in American culture, we, we tend to say a lot about intent. Well, I didn't intend to hurt you. I didn't intend to hurt your feelings. Well, Koreans may say that doesn't make it any better. In fact, it may make it worse because not only did you hurt someone, but by saying you didn't intend to hurt them, you're also saying, I didn't intend to hurt you, and I have no nunchi. So you hurt them, and you're acknowledging that you have no ability to read the room. 
No Nunchi archetype number two, she talks about the stalker who thinks they're romantic, right? The person who has no ability to understand the signals, right? Somebody who's at the bar and who walks up to a young lady and, and tries everything and she gives him all the signals except for telling him to go jump in the lake and yet doesn't understand that this person is not interested in him. No Nunchi archetype number three, the person who cannot read between the line. You know, sometimes people in their diplomacy will talk to you very subtly. They'll give you subtle hints because they don't want to hurt your feelings. And the inability to read between the lines and pick up those cues is generally a person who has no nunchi. No nunchi archetype number four is the one she talks about who show off their Chinese calligraphy to Confucius. I think this is great. What she's talking about is people who are, to some degree, the experts, right? Mansplaining. A man trying to explain to a woman how she feels. Um, Somebody trying to explain to some sort of an expert why they're wrong on a topic. To some degree, in this environment, why... You know, somebody wants to give a say why a doctor doesn't know what they're talking about when they're talking about dealing with COVID-19. No nunchi archetype number five, the person who just simply thinks everyone is playing hard to get. Number six, the person who takes compliments way too literally, right? Um, a person who has just no sense of self. So you, you walk into the room and somebody says, wow, you look like a million bucks. And while that is a compliment, you you take to excess the true underlining meaning of that. No nunchi archetype number seven is the bore. Now, to some degree, this sounds kind of harsh and mean. Um, Say, well, if you're a boring person, then you have no nunchi. But what she's really trying to say is that it really comes back to all those other factors, which is that if you're sitting and telling a story and everyone is bored, it can't be everyone else. It's got to be you. So what are you doing to modify your behavior. Very similar to if you listen to Tony Robbins, right? Tony Robbins will say to the effect, there's no such thing as failure. There's only outcomes. If you don't like the outcome, then you have to change the path to get there. So if I'm telling people a story and they're all falling asleep, then I need to understand that I need to change the way in which I tell that story, even if that story is interesting, to make it more interesting for those people. No nunchi archetype number eight, is the person who says, this is how we do it where I'm from. And again, those are people that at their core, if you listen to it, is making an excuse. A person who says, well, you know, in my country, in my village, in my family growing up, we didn't do it that way. Well, that's fine. We have great respect for tradition. But how does that fit into the context of what you're talking about? How does that fit into the context of what you're doing? And that's really, really important. Korean culture has a great respect for the ancient Greek philosophy that human beings were endowed with two two eyes, two ears, but only one mouth. So what does that mean? I say this to my kids all the time, right? And, and the implication of that is that we should do the least amount of speaking and the most looking, observing, and listening. There are eight rules to Nunchi, and Yuni Hong outlines them really quite well in the book, and we'll go through them. First one is empty your mind. Lose your preconceptions in order to observe with discernment, right? When, when we have a sort of a preconception, there's a balance here because to some degree you want to pick up signals, but you don't simply want to close out the opportunity to 
be surprised by simply judging something when you come into it. Be aware of the Nunchi observer effect. This is really important. What this says is that if I were to look through the room through a glass window, I might observe certain things. But the second you walk into the room, you've now changed the dynamic and you need to understand what that influence is. If if there's a room of, full of employees that are sitting around and you're watching them through a glass, they may interact in a certain way. You may walk in as the boss and not even say a word, but you have to be cognizant of the fact that that changes the dynamic of the room. Number three, if you've just arrived in a room, remember that everyone else has been there longer than you. Watch them to gain information. Again, you, you see a room full of people and there's something going on and you walk in. The most important thing to do is observe. Well, maybe there's a fire drill. Maybe it's a funeral. Maybe people are getting fired. Maybe it's an office party. Whatever the case is, it's the power of observation first, speaking and acting after. Never pass up a good opportunity to shut up. If you wait long enough, most of the questions you will be answered without you having to say a word. This one I love, and I think it's so important. And you know, when I went to graduate school, I was always amazed at the fact that I think that so many people ask questions for the sake of hearing themselves talk. And yet, and it at first unnerved me and made me feel a little insecure. And then as I got to be a little bit more confident, I realized that these people are simply asking questions so that they think that the professor or the teacher will recognize that they're paying, you know, that they're involved or engaged, but that any of the questions that they asked, if they were worthwhile questions, would be manifest and would be given to us in the material or in the reading. Number five, manners exist for a reason. This one's really important. Etiquette, decor, Korean people in their unbelievable way in which they are presented themselves to the world is a culture of politeness and respect. In our Taekwondo world, we certainly see this. The dojang is filled with people of respect. Read between the lines. People don't always say what they are thinking, and that's their prerogative. So again, we've covered this and we've talked about this a little bit. If you cause harm unintentionally, it is sometimes as bad as if you had caused it intentionally. We talked about that. And be nimble, be quick. The Koreans have a, a phrase, they have a discussion about quick nunchi. You don't necessarily have to have good nunchi, but you want to have quick nunchi. Again, think about sparring, right? That's why I'm, I, I opened up with talking about the benefit of nunchi in sparring is the ability to read somebody and the ability to react quickly. We take it all in. We take it in in the broadest sense before we take it in in the particular sense. We see the forest first and then we see the trees. A nunchi expert will tell you instead of trying to make a splash when you enter the room, you should first honor the room, right? That's part of what we talked about. You are going to have an effect on what happens in the room, but let's go in there and see what's happening first. I don't know if you've ever been around somebody who the, the whole chemistry or the whole energy of a room changes when they walk in, right? Positive sometimes, negative sometimes, but the fact of the matter is that it is to a large degree just an example of how people change the context of the room. So you really want to be an observer. And if you're trying to learn about what's going on and you watch that room by watching the way that things change, you might get a sense. Somebody comes in, everybody jumps to attention. You don't know who that person is in the Taekwondo school. You can guess he's probably the master, the instructor, the grandmaster in your workplace. Maybe it's the boss. You don't, nobody needs to tell you that you'll see it and you'll pick up on it on your own. 
Hung does a terrific job of outlining all of these various areas and and helping people to understand them. And she really does make a really good case that Nunchi is a great survival mechanism, that it helped the Korean people over a great distance of time, and that it is the secret weapon of the disadvantaged. And it's the secret weapon of the disadvantaged for exactly that reason. When people become to some degree too comfortable, when they become too posh, when they become too insulated from people and from society, they sometimes lose the ability to read what's going on, right? The greatest example, probably, she doesn't cite this, but for me, of poor Nunchi is the emperor's new clothes, right? I mean, extreme example, but he became so insulated from what was going on in the world that he had no idea that he was basically set up and that was wearing no clothes and that people were laughing at him. Why? Because he had no Nunchi. Nunchi has a lot to do with first impressions, but but Hung makes a very, very, very important distinction between reacting to your first impression through nunchi and bigotry. In other words, for us to say, make a snap judgment is an important thing for us, especially in terms of quick nunchi. But we have to be very, very clear that that snap judgment is not based upon racial sexual, political, or other forms of, of, of bigotry, we need to make sure it doesn't relate to race or class or religion or sexual orientation. Just the opposite. Nunchi is your unprejudiced, unbiased assessment of what it is that is happening in a situation and what it is that you need to do to react to them. I think for some people, it in order to be able to make this distinction, you have to have a lot of self-analysis. You have to analyze in a situation, is my response the product of reading certain cues that are there that I need to read in order to be able to respond? Or are they the product of my prejudice? Are they the product of my misunderstanding? Are they the product of my ignorance? And that's okay. And part of us growing and part of us learning is to be able to identify which one of those things are which and dealing with them. Nunchi is not a static thing. It's it's a moving thing. So you have to be aware. So even when you come in and, and you, um, you read a room and you get a sense of a room and you react to it, that room like a, and, and this is a famous Greek saying, ancient Greek saying is, a man never steps in the same river twice, meaning that the river is constantly moving. Therefore, you don't ever step in the same river twice. But what that's telling you is that even though you've walked into a room and assessed the room, the room and the dynamic is constantly changing and you need to be constantly observant and constantly doing exactly what it is that you need to do in order to be able to read it. Paying attention to what is being said, paying attention to what is not being said, reading the body language, reading the interaction of people, these are all elements of Nunchi. These are all elements of things that one can consciously understand and consciously direct. When I've worked in the past with Dave Young, who is on the cover of our July-August issue, one of the things that Dave works at with people is observational awareness in situations of identifying danger, being able to identify when you're at the park. Is there somebody at the park who you need to protect your children from? That is a form of nunchi. Whether we, we call it that, whether we understand it to be that, 
That is exactly what it is. It's a form of nunchi. Nunchi comes in and is very, very helpful for us in all types of relationships. Okay. She talks about this in the book, but it's true, right? When we when we're dating, if you're if you're in the dating world, right, we we often end up in a situation where people give us a a, a especially if you do online dating, right? You you read a profile or or somebody sets you up on a date and you get this commercial about who a person is, but then you immediately read those signals to see is that person the person that they have shown themselves to be? Is that person the person that they've advertised themselves to be? And I think that if your intuition tells you that they're not, then many people override that intuition because they desire to be in the relationship and then come to uncover that their initial in- intuition is correct. I think that an understanding of Nunchi is that you can get better and better at it in every way, shape, or form, and we will all along the way stumble and we'll all run into situations where we feel embarrassed and we will all have to learn from that. But if you do learn from that, then that is the best. She talks about the character of, she she actually uses the Ricky Gervais character from the BBC office as being someone who has no nunchi. But for those of us that are more familiar, it's exactly the same character, the Steve Carell character in the office. He has no sense of self. He has no sense of how people see him. He has no sense of what people think of him. It's not about the reputation. It's not about, well, his, his, his ego should be this or that. It's about the fact that in order to be able to be successful, one needs to be able to read those things and understand them, and be able to react to them. Look at Elon Musk. Elon Musk is clearly a very, very bright guy. He's done great and wonderful things for the world, but he doesn't have great nunchi. He's someone I would say didn't have great nunchi. His inability to understand using his nunchi caused him to do and say things that not only hurt his stockholders, hurt his company, but also hurt his reputation. Is that because he's a bad guy? No. Is that because he's a stupid guy? Clearly not. It's because he either didn't care, which I don't believe is the, is the answer, or didn't understand the implications of the things he said or the things that he did. And therefore, his lack of nunchi had great financial and other consequences. When you have good nunchi, you have good ability to react. One of the things that Hyung talks about, again, this is very, very similar in terms of to the issue of racism and things of that nature, is that you need to be able to determine when nunchi and anxiety are not one and the same. In other words, are, is your antenna coming up because you sense something is wrong, that you sense real danger, that you sense that there is a response, or are you just feeling a generalized sense of anxiety from not knowing where you are or not knowing how to react or not knowing what to do? Those are two very different things, and in order to be able to understand what it is, you need to, to analyze that and distinguish it, and it's important because if, in fact, it's nunchi, it's telling you one thing, but if, in fact, it's just generalized anxiety— then you need to deal with it, which is why as you come to hone your skills and your nunchi, you come to improve other areas of your life as well. She gives great tips for the proper nunchi when we travel to other cultures and other lands where we don't necessarily know what is going on and what the right thing is and what the right protocol is. And again, it comes down to observing. She, she talks about do as the Romans do, right? So if you're not sure what the proper culture and the proper etiquette is, 
what do you do? You observe. You ob- you you observe. You see what's going on. You see the way that the locals uh, uh, approach a situation. The way the what the proper protocol is for a meal or for entering a home or for getting on a subway or something of that nature. Uh, and we all do it intuitively, whether we realize it or not, right? If you if you travel in New York City, it's very, very rare with the speed with which people travel that anyone's explained exactly to you the proper protocol for getting a ticket and getting onto the subway. How did we do that? We do that because we hone our nunchi. We hone our powers of observation. Yuni Hong says, if you have quick nunchi, you create harmonious environment, which makes people want to be around you. That's only half the point of nunchi. nunchi. It's not meant to be a popularity contest. The other half is entirely pragmatic. It makes you successful at influencing people. Nunchi may sound Machiavellian, but in fact, everyone wins. By creating a round, pleasant atmosphere, everybody benefits. And I think that's a really, really good good point. And again, it goes back to my, my point at the beginning that while I thought that Nunchi necessarily was for the good people, the kind people, the smart people, it's not. And whether you're practicing Nunchi to be a better person and a better member of society or not, the net result of it is that you've created success for yourself and you've created success and harmony for other people. So I would argue that if you are in the process of coming to terms with at the inception of understanding your 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 where you are in terms of how skilled and, and how qualified you are in the area of Nunchi, that you do a little bit of self-assessment. Her book has a lot of quizzes in it, which is great. If you find that you're somebody who is often feels like you make a lot of missteps in public, like you make a lot of misunderstandings, like uh, people aren't really in touch with with you and the way that you behave, perhaps it is a problem with Nunchi. I would suggest that even if you don't think that Nunchi is a pathway to being a better person, that improvement of your Nunchi could be an improvement to success in your personal life, in your social life, and in your business life. And I would also argue, for those of you that are on the mat, that an understanding of people an ability to read your opponent, like playing poker, is an unbelievable edge when it comes to Taekwondo sparring. So one of the things I think this extremely important is in reading all this, we get a sense as to what Nunchi is. However, I think what's important is some simple techniques for improving your Nunchi. Um, and we've talked about this a little bit throughout the episode, but I think I wanted to summarize it in saying that, number one, a little bit more quiet, a little bit less talking and infusing your opinion and your thoughts into every conversation, into every room. Number two, conscious observation, making it a point to observe more of what is going on in every room and every situation. Number three, I think we all need to disengage from our electronics to some degree to try to find significant time when we're out in public, when we're in a room, when we're out with people to be able to separate ourselves from our electronic devices. I know we all think we can multitask, but the power of Nunchi is the power of subtlety. And it's the power of observation of the eyes, observation of the face, observation of the body language, not simply observation of the words. So if I'm sitting at a 
table with you and I'm looking at my phone and I'm texting and I'm, I'm watching a YouTube video or TikTok these days and you're talking to me, there's a lot I'm going to miss even if I hear every word that you say. I think also being reflective, being reflective of times, it isn't beating up on yourself when you come out of a situation and you say, listen, you know what? I feel like I was the odd person out in that situation or I feel like maybe I said too much or maybe something I said either hurt somebody's feelings or was inappropriate. And to analyze what led up to that, how it has occurred and what it is that you can do to fix that. And I think one of the things that you can do, which is kind of interesting, is to play some games with yourself and with people that you're close to, which is walk into a room to the extent that you do have the ability to identify certain things like who are the players in the room, but simply observe for a few minutes or as long as you think it takes and then try to figure out who those persons were, what their roles are, and then see if you're right or wrong. Being wrong is probably as beneficial as being right, because when you're wrong, then I think you're in a good position to analyze why you were wrong, what cues you missed, and what cues you misread. And I think that's really, really important. And particularly in today's day and age, I think in situations where we discover that we are wrong on certain circumstances and interactions, I think it's important that we understand what elements of our own personal bias, and we all have personal bias, it doesn't make us bad people, it makes us human, to the extent what elements of our personal bias played into our wrong decision. I'm going to go back to sparring again, right? I'm, I've never been the greatest sparrer in the world. Maybe I don't have the greatest nunchi in the world. But the fact of the matter is, is that if I expect someone's going to throw a certain technique and I'm prepared to react to it and they throw something different, I may find myself on the other end of of some points, on the other end of an injury, on the other end of a loss. So I go back and I reanalyze what was the technique that they threw and how could I have picked up on that. When you're doing that in all aspects of your life, what you're doing is honing your nunchi. So once again, even if you're not trying to improve your nunchi to improve who it is you are as a person, I think we could argue that by improving your nunchi, you improve the quality of your life, the quality of your relationships, and give you a greater opportunity for success in all things that you do, whether personal or professional. I am certainly no expert in nunchi. I am just getting started in understanding it. Reading Cuny Hung's book, reading the articles, watching the videos that I did gave me a really good sense and a good perspective of it. Being around Korean Americans for the better part of my life in the Taekwondo scenario, I now understand a lot of what it is that I have observed a lot more contextually. And my goal throughout the remainder of my life will be to improve power of my own nunchi. I hope you are safe and well. I wish you the best, and I look forward to seeing you on the mats. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.